Girlfriends, episode number 30, Find Peace in the Midst of Chaos. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. So what are we waiting for? Let's get started. Hey, girlfriends, how are you? I'm calling this the episode where we find out just how funny God is, because I already recorded this episode. I just spent about 45 minutes editing an interview, recording the episode, putting everything together, and then my computer crashed, and it's all gone. (laughs) So I'm, you know, after spending all that time talking about finding peace in chaos, about um, letting go of control in our lives, um, you know, the whole time I was laughing anyway, because throughout the entire recording, my microphone kept turning itself on and off, and I think the recorder went back and forth from using the built-in microphone on my computer, which of course is terrible sound, to using the nice microphone that I have that for some reason is now being temperamental and sometimes turns itself off. Anyway, I am feeling incredibly frustrated right now. Like I just took a giant step backwards. Like I just put a lot of time into creating an episode for you that you will never hear. But I'm going to take a deep breath and accept that this is what God wills for me right now is round two. Try this again. Uh, Going through um, episode number 30, talking about finding peace in the midst of chaos. First of all, feels like it's been forever since I sat down and recorded an episode of the podcast, and I guess that's because it has been (laughs) pretty close. Anyway, um, I pre-recorded the last few episodes. Uh, The gist episode was kind of a separate special one, um, but that was so long ago, and I'm feeling a little bit out of touch with um, you guys. Some of you sent me some great feedback while I was gone. I'll get to that by the end of the show, but... um, as you know, if you've listened to previous episodes, I was in France for 10 days with my husband, and it was a great trip all around. Um, it was wonderful for me. It was a work trip for me, so I was in uh, the office there for several of the days that I was gone, but I had evenings free. We had a weekend there where Dan and I went away and uh, spent the weekend on the beach in Spain, which, you know, how often do you ever get to just go to Spain for the weekend? Well, this was my first opportunity, so we took it. And um, we all around had a great trip. I thought it was a little long for my taste, but it wasn't my choice for it to be 10 days. That was required by my work. So we made the most of it. And um, Dan and I really enjoyed having our time together. We enjoyed exploring um, some different parts of Paris together. Uh, everything about it was, went really great. I just felt like it was long by the end to be away from my kids for that long. Although I don't think they suffered very much. My older kids were at home and they were working. Um, they managed things pretty well here at the house. And then my younger kids stayed um, at home for a couple of days, then went to my mom's for a couple of days, then went to my sister's with cousins for a couple of days. And by the time we picked them up at my sister's on that last day and we're going to bring them home, they were wanting to stay longer. They would have stayed overnight if we'd let them. And so that was a very good sign to me that they didn't suffer too much during our absence. And we did manage to Skype a couple of times and we stayed in touch Um 
but not all my communications went as I wanted them to while I was gone. It was hard for me because I was working, but I was focused on work over there, not my day-to-day kind of work, the stuff that needs to get accomplished around here, the stuff that needs to get accomplished for putting out magazines. And so I had a lot of catch-up to do when I came back. And that's sort of what's inspired this particular episode. The idea of finding peace and chaos is because, haha, my life is chaos, or at least it feels that way. Um, I really feel like my time so far this summer has not been my own. I haven't planned this summer. It hasn't begun the way that previous summers have kind of get into a routine. And by now you're almost kind of sick of the routine. Well, I've been feeling like we haven't even started a routine yet this summer and it's, it's nearing the end. So I'm looking toward August with kind of a panicky feeling because then it's back to school stuff. Um, my third child, Ambrose, is going to Ave Maria down in Florida. We're planning to drive him down there in August. Um, there's just a lot of pieces that need to fall into place. And I've been feeling like life is beyond my control. Like I can do some things, but that it's kind of out of my control. And I'm sure you've felt that way at other times in your life. Um, Maybe you're feeling it now for various reasons. But I wanted to talk about chaos and finding peace in the midst of chaos because I think we all do experience chaos on some level inside of our lives pretty much all the time. You know, We're, we're living in this fallen world, this broken world, this place that messes us up and we mess up and we fail and things disappoint us and people disappoint us and things happen that we don't anticipate. We're not prepared for them. And so in various ways, we experience chaos in our lives. We can experience it just by being busy and feeling overwhelmed. I certainly felt that way many days during my young motherhood, still feel that way many days as I've just been describing, coming back home and getting into a routine here and having big kids in the house who aren't here year round and different people's work schedules and the rides that need to be coordinated and you know all those different things I have going on. I think we experience them at different times in our lives in different ways. And you may not have a very hectic schedule this summer, or um, maybe you, you feel like, you know, your life is generally in order and things are running as they should, but you might be experiencing a different kind of chaos, maybe in a relationship in your life. Maybe your marriage is suffering. Maybe you're experiencing challenges in a relationship with extended family or with your own children or whatever it might be. I think we all experience that chaos. And what I mean by that is something that's beyond our control out of our control. It's not going the way we want it to, and we don't feel like we can make it do that. So I think we all do experience chaos, and what we all are looking for inside of that chaos is peace. That's ultimately all any of us ever wants. You know, I felt this just the other day. One of the ways that I've been trying to instill a sense of achievement or accomplishment or doing something in my life so far since I've come home is I've been focusing on um, reading aloud with my younger boys because, you know, every mom of more than one child knows that you you don't do the same things with your your children, um, your different children of different ages, especially if you have a larger family. You do things with the older kids and then you just don't have the time or energy to do them with the younger kids and there's a certain level of guilt involved in that. And For sure, reading aloud is something that's been on my mind that, my gosh, I used to read and read and read stacks and stacks of books and novels to my kids when my oldest were young and now with my younger ones, yeah, we do read but not nearly, not nearly the the volume that we were reading with the older kids. And so it's been on my mind and there are certain books that I hadn't even introduced them to. So um, while we were away, Juliet started reading The Hobbit with them. 
And I've been continuing that. I picked up where she left off and trying to get in a chapter or two each day, and they've been loving it. Well, we were doing this on Saturday. Um, There was a storm outside, and we just kind of huddled in their room and were reading um, a chapter of The Hobbit. And it was during this time, which is supposed to be this nice time where I feel like I'm I'm doing something, you know, however small, I'm making a positive contribution here, and I'm, I'm doing something in the right direction. Well, you know, while I was doing this, I happened to look up and see the wall next to my youngest son's bed, and it was... It was so gross. It was like filthy, disgusting, dirty, like dirt all over this wall, like for the entire length of his bed on this wall. And now their their walls are painted a dark blue because we're not dumb. And we knew that it would get dirty in there with five boys that at certain times have shared that room. Um, but just seeing that filth on the wall and just feeling like, oh my gosh, I mean, how did it get this bad? And I didn't know. And just all those feelings that we have as moms, you know, when you find something that's out of whack. And just in that moment, the temptation was to feel overwhelmed and just be like, you know, kind of give up or kind of give in to despair. Like, I can't do all the things. I can't. I can't do it. And here I am trying to accomplish this one good thing, and I'm seeing the piles of other things that I'm not getting to, that I'm failing at. And yet, inside of that moment, I did have the presence of mind to pause, take a breath, tell myself it was going to be okay, and just, you know, making it, put it on my list. Yep scrub the wall in the boys room or make them scrub it added to the list you know and truth told it it took all of you know 15 minutes the next day to kind of follow through and make sure that wall got cleaned but there's always going to be a dirty wall there's always going to be something like that there's always going to be that temptation to feel overwhelmed because we can't do everything we can't accomplish everything we can't control everything that's going on around us so that's what i want to talk about right now um that idea of how can we find peace in the middle of chaos. And one of the things I want to talk about, it happened to be the reading, the gospel reading this past weekend at Mass, which was Luke chapter 11, that familiar passage, right? Knock and it shall be opened, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find. Sometimes I think these words of the gospels and these familiar words from Jesus, you know, he's teaching us how to pray. We're asking him how to pray. And this is what he tells us, that sometimes we hear them so much that we don't hear them at all anymore. Or we don't hear them in our hearts. We just, they never make it past, you know, going in our ears and into our brain, but they don't make it to our heart. We don't understand or even contemplate what, what these words actually mean. Like, what are we, what are we praying for? And so many times I find that in chaos, when we're experiencing chaos, whatever way you're experiencing it, that when we bring it to prayer, what we're tempted to do is to tell God how to fix it. Like, you know, it's a relationship problem, it's financial issues, it's you want a certain job, you want something for your kid, you want health for your mom, or whatever it is, you just, it. With their temptation is to bring it to God and tell Him exactly how to fix it, how to fix that chaos, how to fix that problem in your life. And something I've discovered, um, for sure, I have prayed with specifics a lot in my life, and sometimes my prayers have been answered to the very last detail in the way that I wanted something to turn out. And looking back, I laugh at myself now because I felt like, yes, God really heard me and my prayer was truly answered and I was persistent in my prayer and it paid off because I got this specific thing that worked out the way I wanted it to. But what a joke, you know, what a joke to think that we control that, that we can go to God and tell him how it's supposed to go. And if we're persistent enough, he'll make it go exactly that way. 
I mean, I, I've had enough prayers that I prayed very specifically that have been answered with silence, have been answered with what felt like a kick in the face, have been answered with total, complete destruction, chaos, pain, suffering, big giant mess. At least it felt that way. That now I feel like I've had enough of that experience that in the past few years, I've been working on not praying with specificity, not praying, you know, of course, we can bring the details of what we have and and even the idea of how it might be resolved to God. But ultimately, I find that there's the most peace to be found in letting go of that control, letting go of telling God how it should work out, how he should provide for us. Yes, he said he's going to provide for us. Yes, he wants our our, everything that's good for us. He wants our happiness. But it's not on us to tell him how to do that, what the details of that are supposed to look like. I mean, <laughs> and I'm only laughing at this because I do it. I've done it. I've told God exactly what he should do in my life to fix certain situations. I've brought my chaos to him and said, and here's how you will resolve it. That, you know, it's very childish, but it's a very, a very normal kind of human um, way to interact with God. But I've been working in the past few years on letting go of that sense of control and praying instead of specifics, instead of saying, make this illness go away, you know, make this person get this job, make um, my child behave this way or whatever it is, just to focus on praying to know and do God's will. Praying instead of the specifics. Yes, bring the specifics to God, lay them out before him, tell him those details of your chaos, and then make the only petition that you give to God that he give you grace to know his will and then the strength to do it. And for me, I have found so much peace in that approach to prayer as opposed to trying to control. Because guess what? All that time that you're clinging to that sense of control and even the times when it works out the way that you think it should and that you want it to and you prayed for it to happen, you're not controlling anything. It's it's all an illusion. It's fake. It's a fake sense of control. So however uncomfortable it makes you to let go of that idea of control and give it over to God, however uncomfortable that makes you, just know this, you're not in control anyway. (laughs) So you might as well let go of that illusion. You might as well embrace the opportunity that you have to grow in your relationship with God, to find peace, that peace that can only come from that relationship with God, that trust in God that placing it in his hands, asking to know and do God's will. Because we can't control our circumstances. We can't control what other people do and think and say and what's going to happen tomorrow. We can't control those things, but we can control how we respond to them. And we can pray to God for the strength to know how he wants us to respond, what he wants us to do, what resources he wants us to seek out, and then you know, pray for the strength to be able to follow through and do that. For me, that's where I've really found a lot of peace and how this relates to the reading at Mass this past weekend. And this is something that was mentioned, um, those of you who follow Adventures in Imperfect Living with Greg and Jennifer Willits, I was happily surprised to hear that they were talking about this reading as well uh, last week where, you know, they've been going through a job transition and different um, challenges and issues with trying to sell and buy a house and all that's involved in that. We all know that kind of stress. Um, But they were talking about this passage as well, where Jesus tells us how to pray. And in the end, what he says after saying, knock and it will be open and ask and you'll receive, seek and you'll find that what he says then is if you then who are wicked know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And I don't know about you, but I've never really focused on those words before, give the Holy Spirit 
to those who ask him, not give you that job you're praying for, not make your marriage work the way that you want it to, not have, you know, your your mother miraculously healed or whatever it is that you're praying for, but the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's that's what we're supposed to be seeking inside of our prayer. That's what we're supposed to be knocking for. That's what we're supposed to be asking for is that relationship with God and that peace that comes from that. So I found that it's actually a very natural extension of my simplified prayer life, where instead of dictating to God all the details of what I think he should do for me, um, that I place my trust in him, however hard it is to say those words, I repeat them and repeat them and repeat them until I hope I can really mean them. But then to not just place my trust in God and, and pray to know and do his will, but then ask him for that gift of peace. Ask for that peace that comes from knowing Him, that comes from trusting Him, that comes from seeing all things, having everything fall into place for you. Not that everything's going to go perfectly, but having the perspective that helps you to see things in their proper place, and that only comes from a relationship with God, that only comes from Jesus. That's the only place where you're going to find that. So I'm working on that for the remainder of this summer, and I hope you'll join me on working on simplifying our prayer life. Take all those details. Yes, God cares about the details. He cares about the most intimate details and knows about the most intimate details of your days and nights. Take them all. Take your chaos. Take whatever chaos you're experiencing inside of your home, in your work, in your family, in your relationships. Take it and bring it to God. Spread it all out. Give it all to Him, all those details, and then resist that temptation to tell him how to fix it. Resist that temptation to pray very specifically for what you want to have happen, because if you're truly trusting in God, you're going to trust that he knows what's best. And even if that involves an amount of suffering, working on saying that prayer and meaning it, trusting in God, saying that prayer, simply help me to know and do your will with regard to this situation that I brought to you. Help me to know and do your will here in every minute of every day. Help me to know and do your will. And then join me, please, for the rest of the summer and let me know how it goes for you because I'm struggling to do this as well, to pray for peace, to pray for that peace that can only come from Jesus. Hey, girlfriends, who are we talking to this week? It's time for an interview. So this week I had the opportunity to talk with Rose Sweet, who is a communicator of all kinds and a professional speaker and an author, and she has some DVDs, and she really does specialize in ministry to divorced and remarried and blended families, but all variety of women from all walks of life. I know you're going to enjoy getting to know her. Everybody, I am excited to share with you today my special guest here on Girlfriends, Rose Sweet is with us. Rose Sweet helps people put religion into relationships and has authored 10 books on the topics of marriage, divorce, personalities, parenting, relationship healing. She's given hundreds of presentations, including parish missions, retreats, and at national conferences, including Theology of the Body Congress and the World Meeting of Families in 2015. Hi, Rose. Welcome to Girlfriends. I'm so glad that you're with us. 
I know, me too. It's so fun that I get to start the day out with somebody fun like you. Yeah, it's great to have a conversation with girlfriends. And that's the number one reason why I enjoy doing this podcast, because I get to talk to so many awesome women from so many different backgrounds. Now, for anybody who might not be familiar with you, you've done so much. I mean, I was just going through your bio on your website, and there's just tab after tab after link after link. So it's super impressive. So that's at rosesweet.com, right? Right. And so people can find out more about you there. But maybe just as a general introduction, tell people the kinds of work that you do. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Well, <clears throat> for 30 years, I was a commercial real estate appraiser. And I didn't realize until something began to tug in my heart um, that I wanted to do something else. And I got into ministry and kept Catholic work. That mm-hmm. everything I'd done for 30 years ultimately prepared me to do really well in what I do now. And... I write books, I speak in front of people, I encourage people, I solve problems. Um, and mm-hmm. basically, as you said earlier, my whole, all my work is about helping people get the relationships back in right order. That's the right. most important asset that we have, is, is our relationships. And sometimes we forget that. Mm-hmm. So true. And it's so important to be reminded of that. And all those different topics that you, you cover are so important to women. You know, marriage, divorce, personality, parent parenting and relationships it's it's all part of who we are and the things that bring meaning to our lives well right and i screwed up my own relationship so badly over the years and i swear i've read every self-help book that ever came out since 1980 (laughs) that's a lot i know you know and, and everyone added a little bit to my arsenal of weapons against stupidity as it as it were um but when i really got into the catholic faith i'm like a revert when i really began to mature in my faith i discovered even a rich richer deposit of stuff that helps us Mm -hmm. get our relationships right and i think that's what we ultimately want you know i'm going to go off on a tangent harvard did a 75 year study about happiness Mm -hmm. and they started back 75 years ago obviously with and they took these all these young men who are 18 or 19 from poor backgrounds and then wealthy backgrounds they followed them every year for 75 years. They, they tracked them medically, physically, financially, and they interviewed them every year in their families. And it was all about what makes them truly happy. Mm-hmm. And guess what the number one thing was after all these years that all those men said that was the greatest source of happiness? Oh, it was probably money. No, Just no. kidding. No, what was it? It was meaningful relationships. There you go. That's mm-hmm. what it's all about. That's mm-hmm. the that's the lasting good stuff that we're put on earth for. So, yeah, not not surprising, but then eye-opening at the same time. Right, right. Yeah, well, I, we really appreciate your work in all of those different fields and helping people to focus on what's really important and get, going to give them lasting happiness. Um, so we asked our guests here on Girlfriends always the same questions. And um, so we're going to... Ask you them too. And what I like about these questions, Rose, is the fact that women have so many things in common. There's so many things that make us the same. But then what comes out in these questions are our own unique perspectives. And I'm really looking forward to getting to know yours a little bit. So to get us started, let's start with that first question. Can you tell us, Rose, about a time when you really felt like you triumphed? When did you first ever feel a sense of achievement? And, um, you know, whether it was in your work or your personal life, what was it? 
This sounds really stupid, but this is a really wonderful memory I have. When I was chosen over everybody in my second grade class to be the only girl in the Catholic ladies fashion show. Whoa! I, I, I felt so proud of myself, and I got to walk down the runway in these adorable clothes, and everybody was told me all day I was beautiful and wonderful. It was like, it was just an overdose of ego satisfaction. <laughs> I love that. But, but you know what? I I realized looking back, I was given many gifts to be in front of the public and not not to get accolades, but mm-hmm. but to help people. Yep. To, to to lead people to the truth, to encourage people, and that's what I do today. I'm on stage a lot, and I think about that first on stage experience and how important it was for me. Um, it was me beginning to realize that I liked that, and then God helped me with, with grace to redirect that to the right way. So, right. You know, it's it's just a funny little memory, but and I, and obviously, I think the first time in my current um, profession is when I got published for the first time, mm-hmm. my first book. Now, you know, what, what was that first book? Oh, uh, it was a uh, God. It's so long ago. Uh, <laughs> Oh, it was How to Be First in a Second Marriage. Okay. Yeah. So I was just getting into helping divorced and remarried and, you know, people and blended families and step parents and all that. And, and that was the first door that opened for me. But then, you know, more came after that. Right, right. Yeah. And you offer that unique perspective um, that you can you can bring to the conversation from a Catholic perspective on divorce and remarriage. So that's a really valuable thing in today's world. It, it is valuable because there's so many people who don't understand what the church really teaches. And maybe if they think they know what she teaches, they totally disagree with it. Mm-hmm. Working with the separated and divorced, as I have over the years, I bring, a, you know, I have a unique challenge because I know what the church teaches about all these issues, and I understand why, and I love it, but now my challenge is to explain that in a warm and loving and patient way with other people who are very upset and argumentative. Um, and, right. And, you know, it's like you. It's like being a mom. You know you have to sit your kids down every once in a while and explain the facts of life and the truth that they don't want to hear and maybe are resistant to understanding but Danielle, you know this. It's like being a mom. You have to sit your kids down every once in a while and explain the hard facts of life and the truths that they don't want to hear. And they're, you know, even though they have the emotional and mental capacity to understand you, they're still fighting it. And right, you have to stick with it and mm-hmm. be patient and loving. And the other thing, you have to kind of tune into that particular child at that moment. You know, nobody knows that child like you do. Right. What are the What are the clues that they're giving, and how can you best reach their heart? So. That's that's one of the things I really love about my work is I get to be a mother in that sense to so many people and it's so satisfying. What a great calling. Yeah, and so needed in today's world where, you know, the church's teachings on marriage and sex are so misunderstood and sometimes purposefully misrepresented in in our culture so that it really is a challenge to speak that truth to people especially when they don't want to hear it (laughs) when it's contrary to what they're hoping you're going to say but then to teach it in a way that's very you know very unique to their particular perspective in the way that they're going to be receptive to hearing it so really a very beautiful ministry that you're living out rose thank you it is and the other it's not like teaching somebody how to bake cookies i mean not remotely this is about life and death and things of the most important nature so it's like Mm -hmm. you know it's a calling 
You know, I, I love, Rose, how you shared that story from your childhood, because I think it really is a great example of the ways in which God, even though we don't know it at the time, from our childhood even, grooms us for the work that he has planned for us. It's so clear to me now, when you share that story, that God had great things in mind for you in your adulthood, even as a very little girl. I know. And, and I, then I look later as an adult, um, I got into commercial real estate appraising, and I never would have chosen that for myself. But I, mm-hmm. out of necessity, I started working with my father. And I, I, um, I became interested in it. And then for 30 years, I, you know, would go out and look at properties, I would analyze them. And then I had to write these big fat reports for banks and judges and in courts. And Mm -hmm. I had to become an expert witness. And I had to get on a, a, you know, in the, in the witness stand and have a jury and a high paid, mean, horrible attorney try to make me look stupid. And (laughs) in that, I learned to express my opinions Mm -hmm. and what I knew in a cool, calm, and professional manner and be able to be under attack and criticism um, and be able to hold my own. Wow. So I, I, you know, and halfway through that, I, I thought, I don't want to do this the rest of my life. And that's when I became, became interested in writing and speaking in the Catholic market. Wow. Um, and so Toward the end, I was praying. I go, Lord, why did you stick me in this horrible commercial real estate appraising <laughs> job? You know? And it's like he had to knock me over the head. He goes, Rose, you've learned writing skills. Mm-hmm. You've learned communication skills. You've learned to express yourself in public, um, blah, blah, blah. You're ready to go. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> now it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. It's important to re- remember that too, because I think when we're in the throes of things, especially unpleasant or disappointing or, you know, failures in our lives that um, having that perspective that can only really come from experiencing it is so vital to your well-being in those moments that if you can remind yourself that there's probably something in the future that you are being groomed for, however painful it is in the process. Right. And, and you know, I think of, of mothers, stay-at-home mothers too, who maybe when the kids are all gone going, now what, I, what do I do? And I mm-hmm. think you just went through the greatest university of human nature ever. <laughs> For sure. You know how to deal with every horrible customer in the world. (laughs) (laughs) So true. So true. Oh, it's so important to remember. All right. Well, that's a great, great story for your triumph. Now, let's move on because I think we learn a lot from our mistakes. And I'd like for you to share with us now, Rose, if you will, a mistake that you once made in your personal life or in your work life. And what did you learn from that mistake? Oh, that's a ridiculous question because there's a million of them. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of overwhelmed with, with that because, you know, the older I get, the the more I realize how many mistakes I have made. And, um, and it makes me ever more thankful for God and his grace. Mm-hmm. But um, I think the most, I think the most shocking thing to me, and this has nothing to do with my career now, mm-hmm. is I was leading a group of people to plan a regional event, and we were meeting at a hotel. Yeah. And I was the head of getting all these, you know, the hotel food and the hotel set up and everything. And I was the head of this committee. I'm in my 20s, right? Right. And there's about 12 people sitting around the table, men and women. And I said, we don't... We need to Jew the Jew the hotel down on their prices. Oh my gosh! I know, I know, I know. I know. Now I had heard that phrase. I just knew it meant to like get the best price ever. I had no oh idea. Oh my gosh! What it was. I know, I know, I know. 
a little, a short, middle-aged Jewish man at the end of the table slammed his fist when he said that, when I said that, and he stood up. And in front of everybody, he just reamed me up and down. Yeah. And I was so humiliated and shocked mm -hmm. that, gosh, maybe in my mid-20s, I didn't know everything. Right. Um, and the humiliation made me realize that I had to be very careful, not to be afraid, but to be careful as I move through life, considering other people and that what I said and did could profoundly affect other people. Um, so important. That's yeah. that's a, a a big lesson I learned from that. Absolutely, and you know, and I I love that you, your big lesson you took away was oh maybe you don't know everything in your twenties. <laughs> if only. And now that I have kids that are in and approaching their twenties, um, I'm more fearful of those kinds of mistakes than ever on their behalf because I know I've been there. I did the yeah. dumb things, you know. Yeah. Thank goodness yeah. they didn't have Facebook back when I was that young. Oh, it would have been a nightmare. We would be toast. If I know. So, yeah, very good lesson that you took away from that. And, I, you know, and I think it's true that sometimes, um, you know, you didn't mean to offend. You didn't realize that that wasn't just a word. <laughs> but um, there are things in our language that, you know, that you don't know. And without meaning to offend, you can offend people. And um, certainly we've all experienced that. I, I know I've experienced being surprised by how offended somebody was by something. And um, a lot of times in that case, of course, I think he had every right to be offended, even, you know, even though you right. weren't meaning to be malicious. But um, in other cases, when I'm confused by somebody being offended, or, you know, just doesn't make sense to me, it's important to remember that people, you know, everybody's wounded in some way, everybody's broken in some way, including ourselves. So that's why we can mess up. But then that's why sometimes people don't receive things the way that we intend for them to receive it. And they're all bringing their own story to the, the way that they're going to interact with you. Right. And if we're focused on ourselves, we're going to be defensive. Like if I if I was all about me, I could have told that man, well, I didn't know, blah, blah, blah. And I just right. kept my mouth shut. And I said, I am so sorry, because my focus was on him mm -hmm. and not on myself. Really important. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. When somebody's hurt, I think that's a really important way to react. So mm -hmm. great mistake. <laughs> Terrible mistake. <laughs> I know, I know. Terrible mistake from which we can learn a great lesson. So, <laughs> oh, All right. Well, moving on here, Rose, what's the best advice you've ever received? Who gave it to you and how do you try to implement it in your life? The best advice I received is kind of two part. It, it was an old a nun who had taught me in high school, and I just loved her dearly, and I went and visited her before she died. And she was still wearing the black and white habit back then. Awesome. And I said, I'm ready for your great wisdom. Tell me what it is, you know. And mm -hmm. she said simply, love God more. Hmm. And I was really hit with that. Yeah. I, I thought, you know, that really boils it all down. And then later when I discovered Pope St. John Paul's the second theology of the body mm -hmm. and met Christopher West and began to dive deeply into theology of the body. He suggested that instead of me trying to love God more, that I let God love me mm -hmm. to just be still and open up and let God pour his love into me. And that my love then for him would be a response, would wow. be a natural response. Very powerful. Yeah, I love that concept. And I, I think it's a powerful message, especially for women who we're always doing and we're always going and we're always trying to accomplish things. And I think the temptation there is to feel somehow we, we need to earn God's love that, 
you know, the, the love God more, which is a great, great piece of advice, but that's that loving God more is going to look different in every person's life. But the temptation I think for busy women would be to interpret it as I need to be doing more things to love God, whether it's more volunteer work or, um, you know, more rosaries or whatever it is. But so Christopher's advice there is really very powerful. I think I, for women. I, I agree. And it really, it repoint, it points to the receptivity that we talk about in theology of the body. Mm-hmm. And, and I think of a husband and wife in bed, it's just in this, in a beautiful image mm-hmm. that we're not, we don't jump into bed and start like going, okay, honey, how can I please you? How can I please you? How can I please you? I mean, some, <laughs> some women do that, sure. but we learn to be open and let him love us and him make love to us. That's, sometimes more important than what we're doing there. And I I know that's a very intimate scene, but I Mm -hmm. think that's where it hits home most deeply. Can we just relax and let somebody love us and take care of us? Right. No, I think that's a message more women need to hear inside of their Mm -hmm. marriages, but also, Mm -hmm. as you mentioned, inside of your relationship with God, that that's what it's about, that receptivity that we're uniquely gifted to do. And yet, sometimes we're running away from it. We're trying to take over. I know. I'm guilty of that every day. (laughs) Well, that's why I'm grateful for the reminder. So thank you for that. That's very powerful stuff. All right, one more question before we get to your lightning round. Here's one. I'm sure it's going to be right along the themes of the things we've already talked about. But Rose, if you could go back in time and have a conversation with yourself 15 years ago, what would you say? Oh, I would say, honey... Pursue God above all else because he loves you more than anything and he has things for you you can't even imagine. Mm-hmm. Right. I think basically that's what I would say because I I pursued everything else and had God in my hip pocket to bless me and to help me get what I wanted. Right. Um, and I should have re- reversed that around. Mm-hmm. Um, I That's what I would say. Yeah. He, he loves you. He loves you. He loves you. And just go for him. Absolutely. Yeah. Great advice to yourself. Now we can pass it on to other people who who might be where you were 15 years ago. And an important reminder to us, because I think we need to hear that no matter what stage in life we're at. So beautiful. Thank you for sharing. All right. Are you ready for a lightning round? I'm ready. It's time. All right. So this is where we're going to ask 60 seconds worth of just some fast, fun questions and get to know you just a little bit better. So... If you're ready, here we go. This is Rose Sweet's lightning round on the Girlfriends Podcast. Rose, what was the last Netflix you watched, and was it thumbs up or thumbs down? Hercule Poirot, and way thumbs up. Nice. Okay. What most surprised you about remarriage? How hard it was. Mm-hmm. All right. What's your favorite holiday? Christmas. All right. On a day off, what guilty pleasure do you indulge in? The mall. <laughs> All right. What was your favorite class in high school? Um, art and humanities. Okay. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Twitter or Facebook? Facebook. And describe your perfect date night. Oh, it would be in a foreign country. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> That's simple. <laughs> on the on the beach at night with candles and the sense scent of plumerias wafting in the air and a really wonderful rich red cabernet and um, delicious food and beautiful music. Love of course, it. Of course, my husband. Of course. <laughs> of course perfect. I, ha- I have to admit, 
if he wasn't there, I'd still be kind of happy. <laughs> yeah, that all sounds pretty good, you know? I, know. I know. He would be the icing on the cake, though. Well, that's it. You did great. We learned a little bit more about you, and I love how specific you were with your preferences on your date night. You're not a hard-to-please girl, are you? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. Well, thanks for taking the time to be here, Rose. But before we have to say goodbye, maybe there's something you're working on. What are you What are you up to these days? What do you want to give a shout out to to our audience? Well, I'm working on some updates to my uh, DVD series that parishes use for helping uh, to separate and divorce people go go through that tough time, and it's called the Catholic's Divorce Survival Guide. And we're, we're having revisions out uh, in this fall. Ascension Press will be releasing that, and you'll hear more about that uh, on the Internet. So nice. stay tuned. All right. And where can people go to find out, you know, all the latest stuff that you're up to? I am at rosesweet.com. And if you can't remember that, that's pretty bad. Yeah. No, you can remember that. That's perfect. Yeah. I love that you have that URL. So rosesweet.com. We'll link that up in the show notes along with some of the latest projects that you're working on. Thank you so much for taking the time to share with us girlfriends here today, Rose. And thank you in a greater sense for the, the larger work, the ministry that you do inside of the church that's so very needed in today's broken culture. Thanks, Danielle. It's good to be in the vineyard with you, and I love everything that you're doing, too. And we women do need to stick together, so thanks so very much. Thank you. All right. God bless you. Well, I hope you enjoyed getting to know Rose Sweet a little bit. And um, for those of you who aren't familiar with all the stuff she's doing, you'll want to check out the show notes at daniellebean.com, where I will share links to all of the things that she's doing and to her website and everything that she has to offer. So thanks, Rose, for coming on. And now it's time for a little bit of feedback. And I begged you for feedback. I wanted to come back to all your voicemails. And yet... I didn't receive any, no voicemails, no voice feedback. I did receive feedback, though, so I can't cry too much. Um, if you do want to leave that voice feedback, you can do it with Voxer, and there's a link to my account in the show notes at daniellebean.com, or you can go to daniellebean.com and just click the tab for leaving a voice message, and you don't need any special equipment or anything. You can do it right from your phone, right from your computer. Just leave me a voice message so that your voice can be on a future episode of Girlfriends. Let me know what you're thinking about the topics, what you think um, about the guests, what kinds of things you'd like to hear on future episodes of Girlfriends and all of that. But I did say that I did get some feedback from some people, mostly by email. Um, first, I want to mention that Trisha sent me uh, a salad recipe, which I love. We talked about um, trying new foods and savoring summer foods um, in a recent episode that was slow down and savor summertime. And Trisha took me up on my invitation to share recipes. And she sent this awesome recipe for chicken salad with creamy barbecue dressing. And it looks really good. And we've got a few parties coming up um, for the rest of this summer. And I'm planning to use it then, Trisha. So I'll let you know what I think of it. And Trisha is also a recent graduate of Momnipotent. That's not actually the technical term. You don't graduate from Momnipotent. But she... um, 
enjoyed doing it with her parish group. And uh, for those of you who are looking for a women's group, Momnipotent is a great resource for you to use. Um, I say that humbly because I was only, you know, part of that group that put together this great system with DVD, workbook. Um, There's the separate book. So if you want to get a feel for what Momnipotent is all about, you can read the book, which is um, available in paperback. That's always linked up in the show notes. Um, You can get it on Amazon. You can get it at ascensionpress.com. Also, you know, once you check that out, there is the eight-week parish study that's specifically designed for women to get together and encourage parishes to begin to offer regular programming for women. I've heard from so many women who didn't previously have women's groups in their parishes. They did the Momnipotent Study Program and decided they wanted to continue meeting. And for me, that's just that's just my dream come true because that's really what I was hoping to accomplish in putting together the Momnipotent Program is to encourage women to get together with one another. So thanks for sharing that, Tricia. Also, I heard from Vanessa from Dallas, Texas, and she says, Hi, Danielle. I just came across your podcast, and I have to say it's exactly what I need at this point in my life. I kept trying to find a book or a podcast or something that covered every topic interesting to me, and I found you. That's great. Sounds like we'd be BFFs. I am a 33-year-old married mom of a nine-year-old. I work full-time in most days. I feel like I deserve a grade F as a wife, mom, employee, and Catholic. I think we can all relate to that, can't we? Yes, I know I can. I listen to several podcasts, but mostly for entertainment, nothing that I can completely identify with. I do not have many girlfriends, and I feel like girlfriends is that feedback I'm lacking from other females. I'm binge listening to catch up and hope for many more to come. I'm going to look into getting your books as well. Just wanted to let you know how much I'm enjoying so far. Thank you, Vanessa. I really appreciate that positive feedback. And I love that you're binge listening. I'm, I love that there are enough episodes to do that with. And I always cringe just a little bit when someone says they're binge listening because I wouldn't want to listen to me for that long. <laughs> but I guess if you're not me, you can handle it. So thanks a lot for sharing that, Vanessa. And I'm glad you're enjoying it. Um, and then the final email I want to mention is one that I got from Katie Wolf, who wanted to respond to the My Cup of Tea episode. Uh, her email's a little long. I might skip some parts here, but um, she says, Hi, Danielle. I just wanted to thank you for your My Cup of Tea episode. My husband bought me a copy of that book shortly after our second child was born in 2009. I wasn't drowning, but I was definitely in the phase where I was starting to realize that I wasn't the mother I had imagined I would be. I had two little girls under the age of two, and life was very physically demanding. I also had found a good group of mom friends yet. My husband also works for our parish. He just started before our first child was born, so I felt like I really needed to look like I had it together. I devoured the book. I think you were the first person I heard say that that it was harder to have two little kids than a bunch of older ones, and I clung to that. I started reading Faith and Family soon after, and it was such an encouragement to me. I just recently learned that you were podcasting a month or so ago. It was like reconnecting with an old friend, and it was so nice to hear a familiar voice from way back when. When I saw your My Cup of Tea episode, I was so excited. Thank you for the encouragement you have provided through your writing and that you continue to provide with your podcast. All the best, Katie. Thank you, Katie. I really do appreciate you taking the time to send me that positive feedback because you know what? It really helps to know that this is helping somebody. It encourages me to, you know, re-record a podcast, for example, when it gets totally lost in in my computer when it crashes. 
or, you know, make sure that I'm putting out this content for you. It's very encouraging to me to know that it's actually helpful to people. And I love hearing from a voice way back because those years are precious to me as well. The years when I was blogging, when I was sharing a lot more online, um, before, you know, I had a podcast or before I was doing any kind of regular magazine work. It really was a precious time of sharing and connecting with other women in ways that really matter because I was struggling too. And I really feel like that's the reason why I was able to connect with women in a meaningful way back then, because I was really just sharing my very real personal challenges and struggles um, to figure out this mom thing, figure out this Catholic family life thing. And, um, you know, meeting in with various degrees of success and failure along the way and kind of sharing that journey. So I appreciate you taking the time to share that with me, Katie, and to let me know that it's encouraging to you because that's encouraging to me. Another person who encouraged me this week was Amy, who signed up to support the Girlfriends podcast on Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash girlfriends, you too can become a Patreon subscriber to Girlfriends. And the way this works is you pledge a certain amount of uh, dollar support for each episode. You can pledge as little as a dollar per episode and it will um, automatically be billed to you each month depending on the number of episodes that came out and you can set a, a monthly limit so that you never go over what your budget is. And for me, I use this both ways. I, I give to other podcasts through this and um, I use it as a way to support girlfriends and for me, it really works great as an encourager that I like to be able to encourage other people, you know, even just a dollar an episode. It means, hey, I'm listening and I value this and I, I want you to continue doing it. It kind of gives you that kind of boost of confidence, that shot in the arm that what you're doing is valuable. And um, receiving that kind of support on Patreon is equally valuable to me as a producer of podcasts because I love to hear that from people. I like to know that people are willing to commit, you know, whatever dollar amount it is. And um, there are very various dollar amounts that you can pledge and there are various benefits and bonuses that are affiliated with each level of giving. So you can go to patreon.com slash girlfriends and check out all the details there. I would love it if you would become a supporter of the podcast in that way. Another way that you can support the podcast is by leaving a review on iTunes. And um, someone did that this week. Hang on, I'm opening it up right here. Um, two people left reviews on iTunes this week. LM Lord 80 left a nice positive review saying it's relatable, relaxed, and encouraging. And then Lady Electra said, just like sitting down with a friend. She says, I love the Girlfriends podcast. Danielle's a great host and feels more like sitting down with a friend and a cup of coffee. She's inspiring, funny, witting, encouraging. I love the fact that she emphasizes that although we can't do it all, we can do it all together. So thank you for leaving that positive feedback, Lady Electra. I like that name. And LM Lord 80. And you too can can encourage me and support the podcast. If you can't support it through Patreon, that's perfectly okay. There are lots of other ways that you can support it and let me know that this show is valuable to you to encourage me to keep producing it each week to um, guarantee that it's going to continue to be produced and be available for free for everybody. Um, Or you can help to get more people interested in listening to the Girlfriends podcast. You can help spread the word about it. You can share it with more people um, by leaving an iTunes review that helps get the word out that um, gives positive reviews to other people and also works into how iTunes decides who to 
put this podcast in front of, that sort of thing. Um, so you can do that at iTunes or wherever you listen. If you listen on Stitcher, if you just listen on the website, leave a comment. If you listen, get the link through Facebook, then leave a comment there or share it on your Facebook. There are lots of different ways. Those little tiny things really do add up and they're so very encouraging to me. So thank you for all of your support and your encouragement. And lastly, I just want to thank you for being here. I want to thank you for showing up for another episode in um, one that has felt particularly frustrating for me in having to redo it. I hope the end result feels okay to you and that I didn't leave any important parts out the second time through. But thank you for being here. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for all the ways that you support and give me encouragement and feedback every week. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a Danielle Bean production. Know your worth. Find your joy.